Amen. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the house of God tonight, and it's a holy night in the presence of the Lord. The message tonight, let the helper help. Let the helper help. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit tonight. John chapter 14, begin there, verses 15 to 19. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. Last couple of months, I've been really taken with the verse in the middle of this passage, verse 17. Thought about it. Every day almost. Repeated it. Called on the Lord concerning it. Verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. In particular, that phrase, Jesus said, but you know him. You know the Holy Spirit. You know his ways. You know his voice. You know his faithfulness. You know his purity. You know his steadfastness. You know his truthfulness. You know his manner. You know his dignity. You know his honor. You know his purity. Jesus said, you know the Holy Spirit. What a wonderful thing to know the Holy Spirit. To walk with him. Have him as our best friend. Jesus said, I will not leave you alone. I will not leave you as orphans, fatherless, children in the earth. I will come to you by the Holy Spirit, and you will know him, and he will speak with you and walk with you. It's a companion verse in Jeremiah 9:23. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. That's another three-point message. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that he understands and knows me. We understand the Lord. We understand how he speaks. We understand how he wants us to be in meetings. We understand how he wants us to be on the job, on the vocation. We understand how he wants us to be in our home. We know and we understand the Lord. And that's what we should glory in. That's what we should glory in. Now back to John 14, 17. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because... It neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. 
He dwells with you. To dwell is to reside. He lives with you. He lives where you live. He lives in your home. He's with you on the job. He's with you wherever you go. He travels with you in your vehicle. He dwells with you, and Jesus said he will be in you. He's in us first by regeneration, born-again experience, new creation in Christ. We receive the Holy Spirit, but how much more fully and consciously and effectively by the baptism in the Holy Spirit, Pentecostal fire in Acts 2-4 experience, where we're baptized with the Holy Spirit and rivers of living water begin to flow out of our innermost being. You know, as I was considering these words over the last couple of months, even the spirit of truth, but you know him, but you know him. One Tuesday night before prayer service, I was at the front and the meeting hadn't started and a lady in this church walked up to me and said, the Holy Spirit wants to be your best friend. And she stepped back politely and walked away. And I said to myself, you don't know what you just said. But she's here tonight, and so now she knows. The Holy Spirit, the helper, the comforter, he wants to help us. Let the Holy Spirit help. Let the helper help. In the Greek word, it's the word for the Holy Spirit, the comforter or helper, parakletos. We say in English, the paraclete. This word is used five times in the New Testament, four times in relation to the Holy Spirit, and once in relationship to Jesus Christ. They want to be our helper, our comforter to counsel us, to walk with us. The word literally means to come alongside a person. The Holy Spirit wants to come alongside you every day, in every circumstance, every evening, every night. He wants to be your best friend. Make the Holy Spirit your best friend. Well, let's look at a couple other verses. John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. John 15, 26, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, the Helper, the Spirit of truth. John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. The word paraclete, literally to call to one side. It's translated in various ways. The Holy Spirit is our comforter, helper, advocate, defender, consoler, friend, representative, counselor, pleader, intercessor, standby, let the helper help. This word was used in a court of law to denote a legal assistant. Somebody would come alongside and give guidance to the person under trial, to the person needing answers. The advocate, the pleader, 
the Holy Spirit, one called alongside, and that's the Holy Spirit for us. In every situation of life, all day long, all night long, the Holy Spirit is the one called to our side, and he will speak to us, and he will guide us, and he will lead us. He will console us. He will help us. He will strengthen us. He wants to speak in us. The Spirit of truth, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. Luke 21, when you're in trouble, verse 14 to 15, Jesus said, therefore settle it in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. I will give you a mouth and wisdom. You're going to have guidance from within. Somebody's going to prompt you and help you to give answers and to speak properly in this world. Luke chapter 12, verse 11. Now when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. He will help us in every circumstance. When we're in trouble, when we're under trial, when we need a word from God, when we need to know what to do in the day, the Holy Spirit will be there to guide us, to speak to us. He wants to be our best friend. Jesus said the spirit of truth, the world cannot receive him. The world doesn't have the Holy Spirit. The world can't see the Holy Spirit, but we can. The world can't receive him. He can't see him or understand him. But we know him, for he dwells in us, and he's with us, the Holy Spirit. Tonight, a few things. He's our counselor. I'm sorry, he's our comforter, first of all. Let's go to John 14, 16. He's our comforter, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. This is the King James, not helper, but comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. When we're in need of comfort, let's go to the comforter. Let's call on the Holy Spirit. He will not leave us orphans. He will not leave us without help. He will not abandon us in any situation. He will give us his word. He will be there to help us, to comfort us. It's a difficult world. It's a trying world. It's a difficult world in so many areas, and we experience it. But the Lord says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come and comfort your hearts. He's our defender in warfare. He fights for us. He puts weapons in our hands. When we're facing spiritual warfare, the ammunition we need is the word of the Holy Spirit. We need his voice. We need his direction. We need the utterance of the Holy Spirit, something that he speaks into our spirit. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Holy Spirit, which is the rhema, a particular word of God. Take the sword of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us a word. 
The sword of the Spirit that we fight the enemy, it is written, it is written, it is a word that is activated and prompted by the Holy Spirit in the particular situations of life. It's a rhema word. Take the sword of the Holy Spirit, which is the rhema word of God, something for the instant. It may be a scripture. It may be something right out of the Bible. It may be a word from God. We all have many examples of this in our lives, I'm sure, as we live with the Lord over the years. I have personal examples, but I have corporate examples of how God has helped in the life of the church and helped in the ministry areas. I remember 11 years ago, we were to dedicate this building on June 12, 2011. And the building project was behind, but we had decided earlier in the year to announce the dedication, send out the material, invite friends, June 12, 2011. And it was moving into February, March, and April. And it didn't seem like there was a hope this building would be finished for June 12. People were saying, postpone it. Contractors and subcontractors, I'd come onto the grounds and they say, listen, there's no way this building is going to be ready by your dedication day. You should push this off at least six weeks, and if you want to be safe, instead of June 12th, push it into the middle of August. And I had some anxieties, and I had a lot of concerns. And it didn't, things like, didn't seem like things were flowing together very well with all the trades and all the things that needed to be done before that dedication day and have the systems tested and be approved and up to speed. Deborah and I were away for a few days of vacation a few weeks before that, and I remember how this was weighing on my heart and spirit. The uncertainty, the anxiety, you know, it comes to attack you. And I was checking in and getting reports on what wasn't being done and why it wasn't being done. And the fire pump needed to be installed in the back because we're on independent sources. And it was such a windy spring for a number of weeks. They said, we can't install the fire pump. It has to be absolutely still so we can drop the fire pump right down into the building. And I'd be checking every day, how's the wind? Oh, it's windy. We can't do it. And we need time to test it. It's at least two weeks to set it up. Then we have to get approval from the fire department. And we were right at the edge. And I began to call on the Lord down on my vacation. Release my anxieties and the stress of that and the building and how is it going to be ready and all the guests that are coming and all the preparations we've made. And I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me and say, Ask your father to have it ready. I said, Father, I'm asking you to have it ready. I came home from vacation, and people in the church walked up and said, you know, we've been over at that building, and it, there's no way. Pastor Ron, are you sure you should go for that dedication day? It doesn't look like the building. My only answer was, I asked my father to have it ready. But Pastor Ron, the subtrades, there's things that are missing. The, the walls aren't in and the drywall's not up. It's not even near completion. I asked my father to have it ready. Just so happened that a new superintendent came on the job a few weeks before, and 
His name was John, and he was a Christian man, and all of a sudden everything started to flow, and there was order and peace and harmony. And in the last few weeks, things came together, and I said, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And we dedicated on June 12, 2011. Some of the cosmetics weren't finished, but everything was up and functioning. I asked my father to have it ready. All you need is a word from the Lord, and it calms your fears and your anxieties. And you know how to handle people's questions and even some of the doubts that they have because you have a word from the Lord. Well, a few months ago, I hadn't experienced anxiety and you know, that temptation for many years now. But a few months ago, I was waking up in the night with uncertainties and anxiety and fears coming against my spirit. And they were during the day concerning this house and ministry because our vision was beyond our provision. But we knew the Lord had spoken to us about Christ City Lighthouse and reaching out in the community and doing the work of God. And even in times of the last couple years, if you know, all the restrictions and all the lack and all the pressure that we would not release any of our funds in that sense and take them away from mission fields and whatever. We wanted to fully walk with God. And so here was the pressure. Praying and calling on the Lord. And then the Lord spoke, Holy Spirit spoke into my heart and said, the Lord will fight for us. And we'd sit in meetings and we'd be deliberating, how can we do this? And meditating in our hearts, how can we plan? What kind of decisions can we make? And how can we look after this? And what should we do? And did we go too far? Or should we take a further step of faith and believe God? And all these, you know how the meetings go sometimes, on all levels. But from then on, just said, the Lord will fight for us. And fight for us, he did. Fight for us, he did. Not only the vision offering, but miraculous funds flowed in in the last few months to take care of needs that were in these areas that are beyond the immediate house of God, but reaching out into the field of this city to reach people for Christ. The Lord will defend us. We need a word from the Lord, the sword of the Spirit, which is a rhema word from God. Let the helper help. Holy Spirit is a counselor. John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. We need to learn to wait for the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. Learn to wait for his voice. Learn to wait for his voice. Elijah was so discouraged and so distraught, he made his way hundreds of miles down to Horeb, Mount Sinai, got into a cave. He said, it's better for me to die than to live. So discouraged by the response of the people, by the lack of godliness in the land, the lack of hunger for the presence of the Lord. He's crying out to God in that cave and the Lord finally came to him and the Lord brought him out of the cave and said come stand on the mountain and the Lord passed by and all of a sudden a great wind tore into the mountain and tore the rocks in pieces 
I used to think that wind was of the Holy Spirit, but today I was thinking about it, and I'm not so sure it was. I think that wind might have been a demonstration because God was not in the wind. The enemy attacks. The wind comes to wear us out. That wind, you just want some calm, you want some peace, but there's that wind just blowing against your life. Wants to take the stability out of us. The wind tore into the mountain, and Elijah had to endure the wind. The Lord wasn't in the wind. The pressure, the pressure of the winds. Next came an earthquake. Some, sometimes things crumble and fall apart, and we have no will in it at all. Circumstances are beyond our control. Things fall apart. The Lord was not in the earthquake. Another attack of the enemy. Another disturbance of the enemy. Then came the fire. Fiery trials. The heat of circumstances to try and burn us up and burn us out. But when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The fire burned, but the Lord was not in the fire. And then a still, small voice. A still, small voice. The voice of the Lord. The voice of the Holy Spirit. The marginal of my Bible say the voice of gentle stillness. Or a delicately whispering voice. That's the voice of the Holy Spirit. And when you hear it, it's unmistakable. You have to ask the Lord for it. You have to wait on it. The Holy Spirit knows the timing to speak to us. But we're calling out on the Lord, waiting for that word of the Holy Spirit. And when it comes, it's a still, small voice, and it changes everything. All you need is one simple word from the Holy Spirit, and you can walk through any trial. You can walk through any circumstance. You can walk through any sickness. You can walk through any heaviness. You can walk through any attack because you have the word of the Holy Spirit. You have his voice. We all have many friends, and they all have different voices. And you can tell them all apart, can't you? And the voice of the Holy Spirit is so distinct that when he speaks, you know it. It's the voice of the Holy Spirit. He's our counselor. Wait for the still, small voice. Wait for the sound of gentle stillness. Wait for that delicate, whispering voice. And when you have that, you have the counsel of the Lord and you can walk through anything in life. And we've all been there. And I look around at people today that are going through trial and affliction, and I think some of them, wow, they should be downcast, they should be discouraged. But no, they've got a word from God inside of them, and they have victory, and they have joy, and they can walk in trial and walk under the attack of the enemy because they know they're working out the will and purpose of God and proving out their faith before principalities and powers of darkness and walking out their life in this earth to be approved of the living God for their faith, their ministry, the authority of their life. Holy Spirit is our counselor. The Holy Spirit is our intercessor, pleader. Romans 8, 26. 
Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Let the Helper help. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. With groanings which cannot be uttered, interceding through us, pleading through us. We don't know how to pray. We don't know the future. We don't know a lot of the forces that we're grappling with, but the Holy Spirit does. And we must allow him to begin to pray through us in supernatural language, in other tongues, in groanings, in gushings. You may not speak in other tongues yet, but you can begin to groan before God. You can begin to let the river of living water flow out of you with yearnings and cryings and groanings and longings for the Spirit of God, and you'll be speaking in tongues soon because that's the language of the Holy Spirit, calling out on the Lord, calling out on the Lord. Ask Him to pray through you. Pray in the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. We need to learn how to travail. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you learn how to travail in prayer, to birth something. For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Ask the Holy Spirit to learn to teach you how to travail. You get in the presence of God with groaning and weeping and pleading and calling out upon the promises of God and calling out for the blessing of the Lord, calling out for the anointing of the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you intercede and travail, for it is the key to great victories in your life. The Holy Spirit finally, is the spirit of truth, spirit of truth. He will always guide us according to the word of God. He will always agree with the word of God. The Holy Spirit is our friend. But he does not accept our compromise. He does not accept our convenience. He does not accept our excuses. He does not accept our ease because he's a spirit of truth. And he will let that word cut. He'll let his truth cut. The Holy Spirit is our friend, but he's a different kind of friend than we are to our friends. You know how we are to our friends. We hold back on the truth a lot of times. We're in conversations with our friends. We're in conversations with our relatives. We're in conversations with people. But, but we, hold back our, we hold back truth because we don't want to hurt their feelings. We hold back from our friends because we don't want to hurt their feelings. But let it be known tonight that the Holy Spirit wants to hurt your feelings before your feelings hurt you before your feelings hurt you he's the spirit of truth he'll cut clear he'll cut true i remember a few years ago a young man who'd been so gloriously saved married a beautiful young lady in the house so fervent up in the front row, second row of the old church, seeking God, hands up. I thought, my, this, this person, this young man has such a desire for God, and he did. 
And a few years went by, six or seven years, and all of a sudden I noticed he wasn't in the prayer room anymore, and he wasn't in church very much. And I like this young man, and we had lots of friendly conversations together and greetings. And one day, all of a sudden, he slipped into the prayer room when we had it in Forsyth Hall. This is a few years ago now. He slipped in, and I, I greeted him warmly. I said, it's so great to see you. Where have you been? How are things? He was all alone. He said, oh, I work in construction, and, and I just so tired after a week, and the Holy Spirit said to me, listen, why don't you rest in on Sunday mornings? You're tired. Enjoy the morning. Take your rest. You can pick up church service. You can pick up a message anywhere, anytime. So the Holy Spirit told me that, hey, I'm free to stay home Sunday mornings if I'm tired. Bible says, don't answer a fool according to his folly. And I couldn't. I couldn't say a word. I saw him maybe once or twice after. Life collapsed. Marriage collapsed. Man was such, young man was such promise. A house swept and clean and set in order. But he allowed a vacancy. He allowed an enemy back in. He opened the door. He pulled back from the things of God. He pulled back from the truth. He began to compromise and take ease. And I still lament over his soul. I trust he's found repentance and a better day. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth. He will guide us according to the word. He won't be a friend like we are and give in to our compromise and ease, our slothfulness, our apathy. The Holy Spirit wants to hurt our feelings before our feelings hurt us. Psalm 119, 29 to 30. Remove from me the way of lying. Anything that isn't according to your word, your house, your honor, the prayer room, faithfulness, steadfastness, purity, Remove me from the way of lying and grant me your law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments, that is, the principles of your word, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Your judgments, your scriptures, your word I have laid before me. Psalm 119, 104, through your precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. I hate every false way. And when we're tempted and tried in the flesh, we need to hate every false way and say, Holy Spirit, you're the spirit of truth. Holy Spirit, you're my best friend. You're here to help me, guide me, and lead me. The precious Holy Spirit, precious Spirit. Let's have the worship team come. You know, there are four things that we can do concerning the Holy Spirit. They're in the Bible. Number one, we can resist the Holy Spirit. Acts 7.51, Stephen in the synagogue in the church of his day stood up and declared the word of the Lord. See, resistance has to do with disobedience to the word, where we will not follow what God's counsel says. We know what's there, but we kind of 
You know, don't let ourselves be too taken up with it. We just kind of pass it by. We know what the Word says, but we're not going to talk about it to the Lord. Stephen says, you resist the Holy Spirit. said, you're, you're stiff-necked. Told the people, you're uncircumcised in heart and ears. And they stoned him. Resistance has to do with disobedience. The Bible says, secondly, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30 says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. And grieving has to do with Christian character, with conduct, with how we carry ourselves, with how we conduct ourselves. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Watch your character. The Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 19, number 3, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Quench not the Holy Spirit. Quenching has to do with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, with giftings and callings and ministry. Don't hold back your ministry from the Holy Spirit. Don't hold back your gifting from the people of God. Develop it as fully as you can so you can bring blessing and benefit to the house of God, to people in the house and people far and wide. But there's one thing we can do, and that is receive the Holy Spirit. John 20, 22, Jesus said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. And so we open up our hearts. How do we receive the Holy Spirit? By willingness, by surrender, by desire, by obedience. Saying, Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Use me and guide me. I want you to be my best friend. The Holy Spirit wants to be your best friend. Let's stand together. John 14, 17. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. How many are thankful you know the Holy Spirit tonight? Let's open up our hearts to the Holy Spirit tonight. Let's walk with him more fully. Let's walk with him more fully. Greater desire, greater friendship. Let's increase our friendship. Let's increase our dependence on the Holy Spirit. One call to our side to help us, to guide us. The comforter, the defender, the counselor, the intercessor, the pleader, the advocate, spirit of truth, spirit of holiness people possessed, cared for by the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. There's nothing we want more than his presence. Holy Spirit, come and fill our hearts tonight.